What do Loki, Macaroni and Cheese, and the Emmys have in common? Find out on this week's episode of The Q-Busters. Hey, you sitting there with a bowl of popcorn, wondering what to stream on TV? Fear not, we're the Q-Busters, Andrew and Ken. Grab some snacks and enjoy a fresh look at the hottest shows, movies, and streams. I'm Andrew, he's Ken. How you doing, Ken? What are we talking about today? Well, there is a lot of great movies that we had a chance to see over the weekend, so I'm excited to talk about that. And then we're actually going to break down all six episodes of Loki. So that is going to be fun to see whether we actually enjoyed it or um, if it was overhyped. So let's start with you, Andrew. What did you um, watch over the weekend? Uh, I kept it pretty pretty specific there, Ken. I kept it Marvel specific. It was Black Widow and Loki. Um, are the things I'm going to talk about. Uh, one, the Loki season one has finished. All six episodes are officially out, so that's why we're talking about it today. We're giving our reactions. Heads up, there will be most likely spoilers later, so when we start, you've been warned already. Uh, and I watched Black Widow starring Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh and what's his name? John Hopper? Uh... It would be Hopper from Stranger Things, but David Harbour is his name. David Harbour. You see, Harbour, Hopper, I get it mixed up in my head, right? Um, uh, that was exactly what I expected it to be, which is a good thing, because as a movie that takes place before the most recent movies in the MCU timeline... There's not too much they can do because you know mostly how it's going to end. Right? Yeah. And so with that in mind, it was a fun time. It didn't do anything crazy. I did like the end credit scene a lot. And I think David Harbour killed it in his role. Scarlett Johansson was excellent. And Florence Pugh absolutely like crushed her role and if you don't know who she is she's uh from midsummer and fighting with my family yeah and i recall her from both of those films she's uh gonna be one of those up-and-coming actresses for sure so this is definitely obviously one you're gonna put in the queue then right oh yeah i mean it's mcu i can't not put it in the queue so let me ask you this. I know you for for those listening to the podcast, they might not know this, but you did the whole Disney Plus. You spent the money to stream it at home, right? Yeah. If if COVID wasn't a factor, how many times would you have seen this one at the show? Once, but that's because I have a tendency to only see movies once in theaters. Okay. Now that you can stream it anytime you want. Do you think you're going to revisit it again anytime soon? I have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I it was fun. I I think it had a lot of comedic moments that were that like they were trying to be funny and they hit and there was moments when they were trying to be serious or like stern, I guess is the right word. And 
like they achieved that too. What's the tone in this movie? Is it just action packed? Is it a mystery? Uh, What's the premise? There's a good amount of action. Let's call it uh, a reconciliation story. Okay. I don't, I don't want to get into spoilers, obviously, but it's, you know, it's learning why Black Widow hasn't talked about these people in previous movies. And I think this movie spends a lot of time trying to answer previous questions about Black Widow that the MCU may have given us, almost to its detriment. Like, I didn't really need to know every answer to every question, but I'm glad they did. Okay. Nice. And then I I noticed you talked about, you mentioned Loki, which we're going to get to in a couple minutes. Um, Was there anything else noteworthy? Any shows you came across or any other movies that caught your attention? Uh, Nothing where I've watched, like, you know, nothing that's like I'm making a point to watch. You know, if I'm watching like MasterChef because it's on the TV and my parents are watching it. Yeah, that's in there. If I'm watching whatever other show yeah absolutely um nothing noteworthy besides black widow and loki this week okay uh for me i got a chance to see two really exceptional films um the first was tomorrow war on prime starring chris pratt i love this movie um i thought it was action-packed i thought it was smart um and I really liked the emotional roller coaster it took me on. I thought the alien creatures looked great. The casting was perfect. Um, J.K. Rim- J.K. Simmons was a perfect choice to play the father, and um, it really exceeded my expectations. There's a certain scene in the stairwell um, that I thought was one of the best sequences. I- I've seen in a movie in in a while um and it's just crazy so this is semi-spoiler but imagine being an everyday average joe and then all of a sudden the world needs you so you have no choice but to go fight for them with no training it's so interesting because i know the stairwell scene you're talking about it's towards the beginning of the movie correct yeah that's where I stopped watching the movie the first time. Really? <laughs> that exact scene. Wow. And I'm glad I went back to finish watching it. Oh my god, it was so intense though. Why why did you stop? Because I felt like I had seen that scene before in other movies. Ah. Uh, I gotcha. I mean, with any creature feature or alien type of thing, you're going to get similar scenes to that. Yeah. You're going to get someone walking down a corridor or up and down the stairs or coming into a new room and like tension is going to be building. Right. So the first time I watched, I'm like, here we go again. Another one of these movies, but I went back to it and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I just thought it was extremely tension building. Um, And then, like, think about this for a second. Like, none of these people know how to shoot a gun or anything like that, except for, like, I think there was, like, a group of, like, four people or whatever that were, like, 
the pros or whatever. Yeah. Second and third timers, right? But mm-hmm. um God, that would be so terrifying. Like all of a sudden you you're like just even that landing sequence, like when they land and like hopefully they get in the pool, otherwise they're roadkill, like oh that was intense. That scene legitimately scared me because I'm like, oh crap, this thing went wrong and now they're in a lot more trouble. Because we see Early, like five ten minutes earlier what's supposed to happen yeah right and then we see what how things what could go wrong in that process immediately and that was really cool yeah i think it was beautifully done um there's a couple things that happen in the middle of the movie that are really action-packed and emotionally um between him and another character, which I will not talk about because I don't want spoilers to happen. But um, I think this was great, and it's no surprise that sequels are already in the works because um, Chris Pratt nailed it, and I could definitely see a potential sequel or a few more. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and if you like sci-fi, I think people will like the premise. It's It's... Like I said, I stopped because I was tired, and then I went back to it. It's in the queue for me. I'm too tired. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you watch this week? I watched Quiet Place 2 just a few minutes ago before we started um, recording our podcast. Wow. Uh, that's this, on... is a, this is a oh. hot take. And you, yeah. I'm sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> no worries. Um, it's on Paramount Plus right now streaming for free. So you don't have to pay the $29 or whatever. As long as you have Paramount Plus, you can check it out commercial free. Um, it was great. I really liked it. Um, they do like kind of like a prequel thing at the beginning. Um, John Krasinski's character is back, um, which was a really great way to get you back into the um, mindset of what took place in the first movie. And then um, it's it's a tight movie. It's 90 minutes long, so they don't waste any time with anything. Um, very tense um, and a nice story to kind of tie up both movies together in a nice package. So action scenes are great. Scary scenes are um, well acted and well done. Um, the creatures didn't bother me this much Uh this time around i thought in the first movie they were kind of stupid looking uh, <laughs> bothered me but this time around you know i was kind of like oh okay um th- it's that thing again so how do they compare the- it to the tomorrow war creatures in your opinion i think tomorrow war uh did a better job um that is a more terrifying creature um, <laughs> If you watched, like, how much ammo they had to put into those things to kill it, like, I don't think I'd stand a chance. Quiet Place, like, just go somewhere secluded, you know, you'll be fine. As long as you don't, you know, make too much noise or anything. And I thought this movie did a great job with different settings and things like that to show how you should live in a world like this. But another great movie that takes place in a world that would just be awful to live in. Like, could you imagine? You can't do anything ever again, you know? Yeah. 
for sure. Um, but I love the ending to this one, and there's a possibility for a third film. So, yeah, I think uh, John Krasinski's proven himself as a director at this point. Yeah, he's very good at different things. Um, I mean, everybody knows him from The Office. Then he did this. Uh, he did Jack Ryan, uh, that, which is great. That's on Prime. Both seasons were phenomenal. So he's uh, he's a talented man. For sure. Uh, what else did you watch? Uh, the last thing I just kind of wanted to mention was being a Big Brother fanatic. Um, got a chance to watch the first three episodes so far. House guests are great. Um, they're doing something a little bit different this time around. So instead of everybody kind of doing their own thing, now they have four teams. So yeah, there's 16 this. people, four leaders, and they kind of did like the, the good old gym class, pick your own team thing. Um, and it's kind of cool. It changes up how you got to play the game, right? Yeah. I, so, I know my mom, like, every time I ask my mom, because she's the one who in our house who's watching it, like, week to week, she's like, every time that's the first thing she brings up, yeah, it, it's different because they have teams. And I'm like, is that good or bad? And she's like, I don't know. It's different. Yeah, it makes it makes the game a little bit more interesting. So, essentially, if you win HOH this time around, your whole team is safe, um, which is kind of interesting. And it also avoids final two deals or kind of partnering up with different people because what if your teammate doesn't like you know that person or whatever so it's going to make strategizing a little bit more difficult but um the first week the first hoh is playing way too crazy so uh (laughs) i'd be surprised if he lasts more than three more weeks in this place yeah i i the first impression i got is with four teams the same old strategies of Big Brother wouldn't work. Because back then it was just a numbers name. Get the biggest of two teams, right? You're either in yeah. Alliance A or in Alliance B, and one of them is going to be bigger than the other. Um, So I think they people figured that formula out, so that's why they went to four teams. So I think it's set up for a lot more stuff. Do you like it? Yeah, I really like it. I think um, they did a really good job getting a very diverse cast. Um, the theme is cool. So they did like this whole like Vegas casino thing. So like the team is like aces, jokers, kings and queens. Um, yeah. The have not room is awful. One of the beds is a jet ski. You have to sleep on a jet ski, bro. <laughs> you can't sleep on the ground next to the jet ski i'm sure you could but like um it just looks treacherous and then um the comps have been pretty cool i've liked them lots of puzzle themed ones um that's always been like my favorite thing watching the people doing the comps um i love the ones where they have to like hang on for like four or five hours like i always think those those are intense I could not imagine um, somebody having to do that. Yeah, that's uh, got to hurt. Oh, for sure. So it's the moment you've all been waiting for, fans of the Q-Buster. Our big review of Loki, the 
latest hit on Disney Plus. Um, all six episodes wrapped up on Wednesday. I'm going to start with you, Andrew, because I feel like you're going to have a more positive review on Loki than I will. That's interesting that you say that because I know we've been talking about this with with it between each other and you're like this has been your favorite show so far so i i'm curious if that has changed for you um i've enjoyed it there there was parts where i'm like this is clearly not the same budget as a movie or you know it's six episodes so it's like twice as long three times as long as a movie and it's like okay like they were spread thin at different points in time well, I thought the story was amazing, and like other recent Marvel properties, specifically WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the other TV shows, it's doing a good job continuing to prepare the next big movie event. You know, I think, and I think that's an issue with these TV shows in general is that they have trouble standing on their own because they rely on all the movies that came before them. And that's not necessarily true of the different movies. You could watch Black Widow without really having seen any of the other MCU movies except maybe one or two, and you could appreciate it just fine. I feel like with these shows, especially Loki, you got to know the MCU a lot more. Um, That being said, I had a lot of fun watching it. It was the kind of thing where, like, is it Wednesday yet? I want to watch Loki again. Yeah, I got to say that um, I thought that out of the three... Disney Plus shows, WandaVision, Falcon, and Winter Soldier, and this. I think that this had the most potential to be the best show out of the three. I thought the plot was amazing. I think... Now, for those... I'm going to pause really quick. For those who have not seen Loki yet, I'm totally going to go into spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, check it out, and then come back um, and listen to this episode. But... I love the TVA. I thought that that premise was interesting. I've always thought that this is a real-life possibility, (laughs) okay? I'm one (laughs) of those guys that uh, you can call it the TVA, you can call it destiny, you can call it whatever you want, right? But there's somebody out there writing um, what's happening for all of us, right? Yeah. That's, That's always been something that you could think about, and I think the way that the TVA was introduced in the first two episodes, that was some of the best stuff I've seen on TV in a long time. It was so original. It was so well done. Like, I was super engaged in the first episode. Um, Mobius was a great character, right? Who doesn't love Owen Wilson? And I think, for the record, he did not say wow in the entire series. He got close a few times, I think, but no, he did not say wow, which is huge. Um, 
but let's let's kind of break this down a little bit because I think breaking it down will help us evaluate how we how much we really enjoyed Loki. Sure. So let's go with um Sylvie. Let's start with Sylvie. We get introduced to Sylvie, I think, at the end of episode two. And then episode three is all about her and Loki bonding. And then we kind of learn more about her each episode. Yeah. Do you think she added more to the series? Do you think she weighed it down? Are you a Sylvie fan? Like, Real what's quick. Um, because we are full spoilers. Sylvie is a character who is a variant of Loki. She is Loki from an alternate timeline. We should make that clear. Correct. Yes. Thank you for pointing that out. (laughs) I'm sorry. I should probably make that made that statement as well. Okay. What was your original question? So going back to Sylvie, she's obviously one of the biggest characters, um, in in this series um do you feel like she added to this show were you a fan of her or do you think like she wasn't required uh i think she was very important to this show because of loki himself because of tom hiddleston himself like tom hiddleston needed her so you could constantly be comparing them to each other. Yeah. I think she she adds to his character arc, right? She yeah. shows that Loki is capable of growing um, as a person and maybe not being the villain after all, right? There's a good side to Loki. Yeah. I like that. I think the first half of her character arc of her story kind of got ignored towards the second half of the season. Cause the first half of the show, she is the bad guy. She's the person we are trying to find. She is terrorizing the TVA. And then that all just gets kind of ignored once she teams up with Loki. Right. I think that this show when I go back to things, and sorry, this is so choppy, it's still fresh in my mind, so I'm trying to really put together my thoughts. Um, I think that this show, the first three episodes were some of the best stuff I've ever seen. It's it's very clear. It's very to the point, right? Here's the TVA. Loki's back. Hey, everybody. And then... Um, we need you to go hunt down this person. And like, we don't know who it is, right? Most people assume that it was Loki, um, like Tom Hiddleston fighting Tom Hiddleston, right? Yeah. And then it wasn't until like the end of the second episode where we finally see after like four different possessions or whatever it's called, um, that it's Sylvie. It's a female Loki and everybody's jaw dropped and boom, and the episode. I will say I think it was a smart decision also because what to to watch Tom Hiddleston act against himself like on a green screen would not have been good. Uh, I, it was, yeah. 
I it think been I think it was a really smart idea to have another actor he could act with at the same time. Yeah, like the whole Vision versus Vision fight in in WandaVision, uh, it only worked because it it was an action sequence thing. But if it was like a full on six episode Vision and Vision having thoughts, right. it would have been atrocious. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. So going back to it, you get to the third episode, you kind of have this banter back and forth with like Sylvie and Loki, and it it looks playful, it looks fun. You're kind of rooting for her and trying to figure out if she's good or bad or what her intentions are. Um, The fourth episode, you kind of learn about um, a way for them to get off of there and then finally destroy the TVA, right? And yeah. Then, and then it just kind of goes like it forgets what it's trying to do, I think. You get the fifth episode, which everyone loves because you get the alligator Loki or the crocodile Loki or whatever it is, right? Yeah. This whole this whole season, especially that fifth episode, is filled with Easter eggs. Just like filled to the brim with Easter eggs. And they are fantastic Easter eggs. Oh yeah, it's it's enjoyable to watch. Um, I think there's a scene where Owen Wilson says "kachow," right, referencing uh, cars. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's that. There's like uh, Thanos's spaceship. There's like there's a scene with like a drawer full of Infinity Gems. Right. Which, uh, it's hilarious. Yeah, they did a good job providing entertainment and Easter eggs. I just feel like Disney always does this. At least the last two shows they did this too, where they they have something good. And for whatever reason, they feel like they got to do more with it to make it this big, shiny thing that sometimes is too crowded for its own good, you know? Yeah, I think it's I think that's why it's not a movie, right? Cuz they're trying to do like they could do even less in movies so they extend it into a 6 episode mini series and this is the first show that has an official second season. Um so that's exciting cuz that means there's a lot more to the story to tell. I think um what I didn't like about it and I don't know if this is the train of thought you're on but I didn't like that they took a romantic route between Sylvie and Loki. Uh, I didn't have an issue with that because you could see it coming, right? Yeah, and but that's my thing because it all culminates in the sixth episode, obviously. But what I didn't like about it was it didn't need to be a romantic relationship. You could have had Loki love Sylvie without it being attraction. Yeah, but it fits who he is, right? He's obsessed with himself, right? Right, but you see, that's the thing. The show is about him growing. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) as a person. (laughs) You're gonna have to gracious. I won't. Because we are children here. <laughs> uh, good times. Um, I I think 
I didn't have an issue with that. For me, it was more like when we got to the finale and they're hyping up the TVA like it's the biggest and baddest dude around, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you get let down by the whole Chuck E. Cheese animatronic dudes. Yeah. Um, and then you're like, okay, well, who is it? And then you have the whole Mobius and that other chick. They're fighting. I can never remember her name. Uh, I honestly can't remember her name either. <laughs> and then she just like exits, right? And it's, I think that that's like a pointless scene. Like he's going to come in and he's going to prune her and she just destroys him, right? And then he's Judge like, Renslayer. we should have, um, you know, free will, right? Yeah. She's just like, peace out. You know, I'm leaving. Yeah. Find my own free will or whatever. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know if that's like compared. Okay. So that she's Judge Renslayer. Owen Wilson plays Mobius. Mobius kind of went through the same thing, right? With, with Loki and Sylvie. Right. And Mo and like the difference is Mobius changed his perspective, right? I don't know if that like they're just showing that contrast, um, and if they're just keeping that way for you know season two, um, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, it just feels like there's all this build up, all this build up, and then when it gets to the finale whether it's WandaVision's finale or Falcon and Winter Soldier's finale or this finale, it just never gets to where I want it to go. Like, we finally get the reveal. It's it's the Conqueror, right? And um, I don't know what to think of him. Uh, he didn't really do anything to wow me. He had some good dialogue. He introduced how awesome he was right with how he knew everything and basically it was all his doing and stuff and then he gave them two options and everyone could see a mile away what the option was going to be uh especially when they have that terrible fight sequence i disagree <laughs> i 100 percent disagree because he gives them two options i i could really i couldn't see if they were going to pick either of those or if they were going to somehow figure out a third option. No, I mean, everybody knows the multiverse is coming, right? Right. But we don't know how it's coming. I think any option he gave or any third option that is or isn't achievable could have resulted in a multiverse. Didn't a little part of you want the Mando effect to happen though? Like, didn't you want Doctor Strange or Spider-Man or Thor or someone to just pop in and and do something? You see, that's the thing. I think I didn't want it in the show. I wanted something like that in the end credits. And that's the only reason the end credits was a little disappointing to me. Yeah, I'm yay. I'm glad there's a season two. But I wanted something else from the end credits. Right. Yeah, at least show um, me what the Conqueror looks like. That's him. You saw him. Jonathan Majors. Yeah, but, like, what is... Like, Thanos is terrifying on screen. Yeah. This guy just looks like a guy that's, like... I I disagree with you. I 
I think it was anticlimactic. I think maybe this, because again, huge spoilers right now, in case you haven't already logged out because of spoilers. Biggest spoiler of the entire thing, I would say. They kill him. And I don't think that was the scariest version of him, obviously. Like, that was the benevolent version of him. That was the good guy version of him. And in that elevator, he can he knows the future. He could kill anyone if he wanted. He could go kill Thanos if he wanted to. He chose not to, but he he had the power to do that. Yeah, I just I I don't know. For me, it just it it didn't do it. Like, if you think of all the coolest villains in, if you want to just stick to Marvel. Like, he just doesn't have anything terrifying about him. I guess the concept of it is scary. Do you think it's not as scary because he's a human? Yeah, I mean... I I think that makes it scarier. He just looks like somebody that I could beat up, okay? (laughs) And I'm not a superhero. I like that about him. He's unassuming. You don't know how truly powerful he's going to be because you know in the future there's going to be a moment where he's like you pissed me off and here's me it in my like true power my true form you know over nine thousand. he because right now he's goku like taking a nap beating up a whole planet you know you don't want to see him when he's up and angry yeah i yeah i get that i just it it's kind of something that I guess I was not expecting. Um, with yeah. all of these shows, they get you hyped. They get you drinking the Kool-Aid. And then when you get to the finale, you're expecting something big. Um, and I feel like their version of big and my version of big <laughs> are two different things. I think that is totally fair because... The final episode was very anticlimactic because he spends a good deal of time monologuing, right? I think the action was in the episode before this one. Correct. That episode was a lot of fun. You get all these Lokis. uh, You get comedy mixed in. You get the cloud monster. Yeah, the cloud monster. And um, Loki's finally able to um perform the enchantment right so all of those things were stuff you would expect in a finale and when the finale actually came instead you're left with heavy dialogue a decision and a great two minutes the last two minutes of loki are are phenomenal when you get Loki back in the TVA, he's running to Mobius to tell him, holy shit, everything's effed. And Mobius is like, who are you? (laughs) And then, boom, over. Yeah. I I think that's a product of it being part of the MCU as a whole. I feel like if this was just a movie where Kang wouldn't even be in it at all, would just be like Loki versus the TVA. I think it would have epi- ended at episode five, but they needed episode six to again set up future movies and TV shows and the second season and all that. See, to me, 
if this would have got one more episode, it could have been, it could have been amazing. Give me one more episode where everything gets wrapped up in a bow and sends us off to Doctor Strange or Ant-Man. You see, here's where we tend to disagree. Because not just here, but in Captain America and WandaVision, even in like The Mandalorian, you like things wrapped up in a bow. I like things that are open-ended. Do you not like that it's open-ended? I like if it's open-ended... Um, if, if it creates enough thoughts where you can create your own ending, right? I don't feel like this show did enough, did a good enough job where it could do that for me. I think they introduced way too many elements, way too many characters, way too many subplots, and they didn't pay off any of them. Like... I don't know generally what's going to happen next uh, with anything because there's their post credit scene had nothing to do with the next piece, right? Yeah, that's, I think, yeah. Like if we saw WandaVision pop up, or I'm sorry, Wanda Maximoff, or we saw Doctor Strange just for two seconds, boom. Yeah. That's good enough for me to be like, okay, great. This series leads me right into that movie. I'm going to get my tickets, and this is going to be awesome. Right, but you got to separate that from the show as a whole, right? Like, for me, for me, that disappointed me, and I wish that was in the end credits scene, right? That, but to judging the show as a whole, I don't need to care about that. Yeah, to me, I don't know. To me, after episode three, I, I think that it lost its its mojo, I would say. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I really liked Loki as a character, and I thought that it kind of shined away from that after episode three. It got more about the TVA, and then obviously the last episode's all about this Conqueror guy, and if you do kill him, he's going to spawn infinite amounts of him to rule the galaxy, right? Well, the idea was if you kill him, he's not going to be around to keep other hymns in check, right? Right. Um, okay. I think we've done the show justice in our mini review. Yeah. Reaction. I, I would say final thoughts. It's worth watching. It's family friendly. It's funny. It's action packed. The theme at the beginning is awesome. I really like whoever did the music for that show. Yeah. Um, I just wish it would have stuck to one plot point. Uh, I'll agree with you there. I think it could have been a little more focused. It was fun. Uh, I was disappointed we never got to see Owen Wilson on his jet ski. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that, let's talk about the Emmys real quick because 
nominations were announced. I don't know if there's any initial reactions you had. I'm only I'm going to go through a few things I found noteworthy that I just want to talk about for a brief moment. I'm not going to cover it all. There's not enough time in the day for that, right? Um, so I'll just get started. And if you want to cut in at any point in time, be my guest. The first thing I want to talk about is I just saw it today and I'm like, oh, interesting. Because we talked about it two weeks ago or last week. Outstanding variety talk series. So this is like late night shows. And I saw Conan was on there. And I'm curious if he's going to get it just because like his show was switching to a different network or if they'll give it to someone else. Uh, he's nominated along with John Oliver, Stephen Colbert, Trevor Noah, and Jimmy Kimmel. Um, so that was interesting to me. Uh outstanding limited series so that's something that's like a six episode series you know we got wandavision mayor of east town i may destroy you the underground railroad and the queen's gambit uh i'm hoping it's the queen gambit queen's gambit because i fell in love with it but i wouldn't be surprised if it was mayor of east town or the underground railroad uh i think queen's gambit will win um this one you brought up earlier, Outstanding Comedy Series. Cobra Kai got nominated for Outstanding Comedy Series. I think this is an issue where just, like, the Emmys ha- struggle having, like, these good shows and they don't want to put it in drama, so they'll throw it, everything else into comedy series. There was a horror movie last year or the year before they threw into the comedy series, I think. So it's, like, that all over again. Yeah, I just think that that's a total misfire. Like, Cobra Kai is an amazing show. Uh, it's definitely a drama, 100%. Yeah, it's not a comedy. It's, it's about teenagers growing up trying to make good decisions with yeah. um, struggling parents, you know? Yeah. That being said, people are raving about Ted Lasso. That's where my money's going to be. But I've also heard very good things about all these other shows, including like Blackish and the Kaminsky Method and Penis and they're good shows. But my money's on Ted Lasso. I Frank, I promise you I'm gonna watch it soon. It's on Apple TV plus I need to get me a free trial so I can watch it. Also on Apple TV plus have you seen this show from Joseph Gordon Levitt, Ken? Or as for it? He plays like a teacher who's like super stressed out or anxious. He's directing it himself. It looks so good. Uh I have not. Um, I do not have that app, so yeah, probably I don't won't be checking. It. Yeah. I don't either, but I want to get a free trial. It's called Mr. Corman. Look up a trailer. That's put the trailer in your queue. That looks really good. Um, where are my notes? Uh, speaking of outstanding drama series, uh, The Boys, The Crown, Bridgerton, Handmaid's Tale, Lovecraft Country, starring Jonathan Majors who was also in The Last Man from San Francisco, and he played King in Loki, uh, Mandalorian, and Pose. Any wow, that is, here? that is stacked. Right. I mean, obviously, I love the boys in Mandalorian. I was going to say, this is probably the time to do it. Congrats to both shows for getting Hemily nominated. Um but man, that's that's a tough one. As much as I love both of those shows, I'm gonna have to say something like Bridgerton or Handmaid's Tale is gonna win. Um, yeah, I think the heavyweight is The Crown. 
um, it's not my kind of show, but that's the one that everyone can't stop talking about. But, like, more so than the comedy series, more so than, like, the short, the limited series, all these shows are shows where I hear people going, like, you gotta watch Lovecraft Country. You gotta watch The Handmaid's Tale. That one is really good. My mom watches The Handmaid's Tale. I've watched a few episodes, um, because she'll have, like, the TV on, and I'll be like, what are you watching? And she's like, damn, he's still. And I'd be like, damn, this shit's good. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, if I if my vote counted, obviously I'd go Mandalorian. I, I, I want to do this real quick. I, I sure. promise it will be 10 seconds long. Speaking of Disney shows, and I kind of mentioned this earlier. Yeah. The Mandalorian never disappointed me. I thought that that show, both seasons, have lived up to every expectation I've ever had. And those seasons know how to end. Like, there was still an open ending to it, but there was also a some closure to it, too, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen to Grogu and what Luke's going to do with him. Um, and we don't know what Mando's going to do next. But it felt like an awesome way to cap off season two. Yeah, so. I think I think Amanda's really good at that. Uh, I don't want to get into a long conversation about it here. I think Mando has worse filler episodes than say Loki, but it kills it in the uh, season ending episodes, the season finales for sure. Yeah. So. Um. Said. Go ahead. Sorry. Just had to say, like, as far as Disney goes, I, I will most likely rewatch Mandalorian a thousand times before I touch any of those other three shows. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, I want to talk again. Lead actress limited series movie anthology, My Girl Anya Taylor-Joy against My Girl Elizabeth Olsen against My Girl Kate Winslet in Mare of Town. This is stacked category, Ken. Best of luck to the Queen's Gambits, Anya Taylor-Joy. It's, it's probably my favorite piece of media I've watched this year. So. Yeah, I think she'll get that again. Yeah. Another actress that is up and coming and um, has done nothing but select great roles to be a part of. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was one more topic I wanted to cover. And it was this. All right. Hamilton got a lot of nominations um, just for different things, you know, like Best Supporting Actor in a Limited Series, whatever. And I get it because it's new to streaming, but it's a recording of a Broadway play. And that Broadway play was like four years ago, three years ago. I think that's kind of a kick in the face of other things that were new. I loved Hamilton. It was great to watch. But give me something more representative of this year. I agree. I think it's just going strictly off popularity. I remember at the beginning of the year, that was probably one of the most watched things on Disney+. Plus. People... I think it came out at a time that was perfect for it to release because Disney plus was not like really on the map. 
I don't think WandaVision was out or anything like that. So they were really looking for something to get people to stream. And that was the thing that landed. But I agree with you. That's, that seems just as terrible as putting Cobra Kai in the comedy. Section. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was a wise decision. Um, cause like, so I'm looking at like the lead actor for a limited series or movie. I don't know. Some, I guess this is the year of a limited series for me. It's Paul Bettany and WandaVision, Hugh Grant and then doing Ewan McGregor and Halston and then Leslie Odom Jr. and Lin-Manuel Miranda and Hamilton. If you ask me, my money is one of those two and Hamilton is going to win it. And I think you could have gone with someone else for some, from something else. Yeah. Because I, uh, to have... I, what is that? Forty percent of the nominees from something that came out three years ago. Maybe they just didn't have something better to put in there. I guess it's. It feels like they've made up their mind of who's gonna win it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then those were my opinions on this, which brings us. Ken. To snack time. It's snack time. It's snack time. The three things we have in common from them is and popcorn and this is they're all on our show. It's snack time. Let's talk about Kraft macaroni and cheese. And <laughs> in case you didn't hear it in the song or the beginning of the episode, we teased macaroni and cheese, we teased the Emmys, and we teased Loki. And that's right, we're talking about all three of those things today on this episode. So hit me with your mac and cheese, Ken. I just got to say before we get to it, um, I, I'm pretty sure the Grammys are going to be looking for you soon. <laughs> hey, me and Autotune are waiting. <laughs> Sign this guy up, baby. Simon Cowell, where are you at? <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> so I saw this on Monday or Tuesday, an article for Mac and Cheese Ice Cream. And uh, immediately I thought of snack time from a few weeks ago when we were discussing pickle frosties, right? Yes. And pickle frosties to me just sound disgusting. But for whatever reason, mac and cheese ice cream could work. Um, if it's got that uh, salty sweet mixture, it could be something. Um, now, am I ever going to try it? No. But I think that mac and cheese is just one of those comfort foods that people seem to love no matter what so i don't think it's a terrible idea i just don't know what it would taste like <sighs> here's where my head's at ken i said i was curious to try the pickle frosty right Something about cold macaroni and cheese just sounds wrong. <laughs> like pickles, you eat them crunchy and cold and kind of refreshing. Macaroni sure. and cheese is not refreshing. Macaroni and cheese is the kind of thing you eat and then you sit down because you ate too much. And you think about your life's choices that led up to this moment. And you, you would do it a hundred times over and over again. But like... Yeah. It's like mac and cheese with vanilla. That just sounds gross to me. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know 
I don't know what it would taste like, but you're doing a better job describing why we shouldn't try it. <laughs> um, but I think it's going to sell pretty well. Um, people are strange and they like different combinations. So, sure. um, I think if mac and cheese, I think if there's going to be any sort of mac and cheese that ever launches ice cream, why not make it the original craft brand, right? That's fair. I have a counter argument because you brought up in conversation, uh, mac and cheese ice cream this week and i'm like hmm, that reminds me of this other ice cream i sent you a link in chat you feel free to click on it it's called not fried chicken ice cream now when you click on this picture ken i definitely i feel like i talked with ken about this at some point or i'm sorry i feel like i talked about this with frank at some point on the backyard bonfire <laughs> but i'm t- telling you about it now i look at this ice cream it 100% looks like a bucket of fried chicken. Except oh, yeah. it is not fried chicken flavored at all. It is waffle ice cream with a cornflake crust to make it look like chicken. And there's a little fake chicken bone made out of a cookie covered in chocolate. It is 1000% ice cream. It just looks like fried chicken. This is the direction they should have taken the mac and cheese somehow. That being said, this chicken is $99 for nine pieces, which is a little pricey, but you do get the bucket. So, yeah, it would be one of those things if I'm out and about and it just happened uh, to catch my eye, I would definitely try this. But 99 bucks is pretty steep. Yeah, it's like $11 for one piece. It does look pretty good though, right? Um, And like, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna taste anything like chicken, but it doesn't have to be, and that's the problem because the mac and cheese ice cream can is gonna try to taste like macaroni and cheese, and it's not gonna come close to. It's gonna taste like a cheesy vanilla cream, which is not macaroni and cheese in my head. Right. It's gonna, it's gonna taste like those jelly beans that try to taste like popcorn butter and they just have that weird oh. hint of butter and taste nothing like popcorn because it's not the right texture dude i i miss those the jelly belly things yeah yeah well so here here's uh here's my final thought on this not fried chicken ice cream bucket i think i'd have a real problem with this because every time i eat it i'm gonna be expecting I think that's the brilliance of it. Yeah. I've had that happen before. I can't remember what food it is. Oh, um, it's so gross, dude. But they have, like, these brat burgers. Have you ever had one of those? No. So it's, like, sausage for the burger patty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, Johnsonville makes it, and it's, like, a bratwurst burger. Okay, so it's okay. a bratwurst in patty form. Yeah. And you're supposed to eat it on like hamburger buns or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. And every time I eat it, I'm thinking to myself of like, this this is wrong. <laughs> yeah. If, I, if I'm eating it on a bun, it should just be a burger. I like burgers. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, me too. I, I don't like when they play mind games with food. Yeah. <laughs> I like me some food, so let's keep it simple. All right. And now, Ken, it's a double feature of snack time. It's snack time. It's snack time. <laughs> Ken, tell me about your adventures this week with snacks. So I was fortunate enough to find out that Walmart, good old Wally World, has Dunkaroos. So if you're a 90s kid and you grew up with the original Dunkaroos, you knew what heaven was because it was the best thing you could get for a snack, right? You open it up, you got your little tray of cookies, you got your tray of frosting, and it's it's Dunk and and um, Chomp, right? Right. But this was like an adventure you went on, right? This wasn't just oh, I was at Walmart and they happened to have Dunkaroos. Oh yeah, I've been I've been searching the world. <laughs> I've been searching the world for Dunkaroos, dude. I've checked every 7-Eleven in in my zip code. I've checked numerous stores, and luckily for me, Walmart was the one that had it. Now, they only have the vanilla, so I don't know if the chocolate exists anymore or not, but it was great. They're like uh, $1.38 a package now, which isn't bad, Pretty good. and they do not jip you on the frosting. There's a good chunk of frosting. So it gets to the point where you're on your final cookie, and there's still a good heaping of frosting, so you got to finish it off with the good old finger, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just it's such a great feeling um, when they bring back things from your childhood that you used to eat all the time, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm glad you were able to relive that nostalgic moment. For snack time, it's snack time. Thanks for listening to snack time. That's our show, everybody. Tune in next time to the Q Busters.